Bretto, the Brisbane Wellness Base Camp is done, but that doesn't mean it's all over because we're coming to Adelaide. Hey, Adelaide. We love Adelaide. The first Wellness Couch event in Adelaide and a very special announcement is that your mate, the great Damien Christoph, and my mate, 100 Not Out mate, is coming to join us. Oh, it's going to be a ripper. We twisted his arm. We forced him to come along. And he's great, Damo. He's always funny. Don't tell him I said that. But he's always a wealth of information as well. And people love him. He's just got a great way of getting the nutrition message across in a way that allows people to make real sustainable changes. You know, it wasn't that uh, you had to twist his arm. He had the FOMOs and not coming to Brisbane. So he's jumping (laughs) on the plane, coming over to Adelaide. It's Saturday, April 7. Two for one tickets are available with the code... I love Damo. That's 197 bucks for two tickets, less than 100 bucks per person. Saturday, April 7 in Adelaide. Damien Christoph, Kim Morrison, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Brett Hill, myself. Saturday, April 7, the Wellness Base Camp. Get your two for one tickets with the code I love Damo. Bretto, see you there. See you there. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Bretto. Yes, Damo. Hey, uh, I'm going to go to Ikaria again, and uh, and Marcus is going as well, and we're going to take 20 people with us to Ikaria to learn more about longevity. If any of our listeners would love to come along to Ikaria with us, then just go to 100notout.com.au, I think it is, and uh, and check us out. See if it's for you, see if you'd like to come with us, because this episode is brought to you by the 100 Not Out Longevity Tour. Woohoo! Adelaide Cavemen are here. Eat your greens. Be happy. Hey, Bruno. Hey, Damo. I know we've flipped Hello, these little intros around a little bit. You'll see in the next um, part of the 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 uh, the call that uh, we introduce ourselves properly, listeners. So uh, I'll, sort of just flip <laughs> it. I'll do it differently this time. Bruno, we have a nice little chat today, don't we? Nice little chat about the things that you're up to. And, you know, I'm always inspired by the things that you try on. You, you're always trying different things. Um, yeah, I like to experiment, Damo. If we're going to tell anyone something, I'd like to try it first. Mm, so um, some of them are more, more pleasant than others. absolutely but i mean a lot of people get inspired and they go and try different things and let's face it lots of people are doing crossfit and many people have tried or even seen wim hof those who haven't listened to or seen wim hof um you're experiencing his work at the moment so we'll we'll hear how you're experiencing that in a moment yeah i'm I'm doing the mild version of it the cold shower version not the ice bath version but uh but you know i'm i'm gonna try that at some stage in the near future demo i'm gonna do a plunge watch this space watch this space and the other thing that we talk about in this particular chat which i really like the idea of is the balance between um you know it's not even balance it's just you know finding that competitive streak in you again um and then realizing I suppose what your um, your levels are, your your limits are. It's it's setting your expectations appropriately based on what your inputs are. So yeah. knowing what your output can be based on what your inputs are, um, I think is really important. Don't expect a world champion if you're training once or twice a week. 
Um, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. I, we all do. We all do it from time to time. But it's just you know you have those moments where you think, oh, I should be doing. But then you you know it's okay to think that for a moment. But then you got to rein the ego back in and, and realize where you're actually at. Mm, absolutely. And what your priorities are. Oh, totally. And I'm also going to drop in a little bit of uh, audio just after this little intro um, of Jackson talking to you and the other. Well, I don't know if it was you, but. Um, <laughs> I've, I've spilled the beans. Flashback. The beans. Uh, there was a time in your life that you were the Adelaide caveman, and um, <laughs> and there was also another Adelaide caveman, Patrick Sim, Doctor Patrick Sim, and uh, and you guys marched around Adelaide. Uh, you had a sign saying "Be happy," and Patrick had a sign saying "Eat your greens." And I think you guys got kicked out of the vegan conference or something, didn't you? No, the vegans loved us. We got a great reception at the vegan conference. We got kicked out of the central markets. The central markets, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) They thought we were being, I don't know what, they thought they couldn't get it. What there was basically, no one could get their head around the fact that we weren't selling anything. We we were just trying to spread messages of health and wellness and no one believed us. People would be like, so what are you selling? We say nothing. Yeah, but what are you really selling? We like nothing. And they Uh, could not, they didn't believe us. It was quite amusing. Hilarious. We We went to the beach, we went everywhere. that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was great. It was so good. So good. So uh, I'll drop that little bit of audio in there. Jackson <laughs> saying, you know, eat your greens and be happy. We, we must be talking. I don't know how many years ago we're talking there, mate. But that's it was be. pre. It was pre uh, wellness guys. I think it was about a year before we started the wellness guys. We're talking like seven or eight years ago. So that's incredible. Oh, so we'll, we'll have to we'll in. have to put the video up on the uh, the wellness guys Facebook page this week too, Damo. All right, mate. Well, that sounds fantastic. Uh, <laughs> awesome. It's very cute. Hey. Uh, Everybody, enjoy this little chat with Brett and I about the things that Brett's up to at the moment. Hi, this is Damien Christoph. And this is Brett Hill. How you going, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, great, great. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Wellness Guys. I know. Just the two of us. Weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. Uh, We haven't said that for a long time, have we? No. No. You said it right, too. It's in my brain. It's in my brain. It's there. I think it's embedded. These things stay in your brain, don't they? So, like, it's a habit, you know. There's so many things that we do on a daily basis that are just habits. That's a habit. It's building in my life. Mm-hmm. Bringing wellness. Yeah, bringing wellness into your life. I remember when Having LT shower, invented that's that. a habit. <laughs> oh, you've cut to the chase. You've gone straight <laughs> to the gauntlet. Straight to the gauntlet. <laughs> you know, remember when LT said that for the first time, it just didn't quite sound right. <laughs> That's because he didn't quite say it right. <laughs> <laughs> he said, bringing wellness into your lives is what it yeah. was. Or he said you? that for six years, I reckon. Yeah. Something like that. It was something, there was something there that wasn't quite grammatically correct, but yeah. we loved it. But you know what's interesting about that is it's been said for so long that it now actually almost sounds right. Yeah, yeah it's right. Hmm. All That's right. right. It's, been, it's been added to the dictionary. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Well, the fascinating thing is, is that this is this is the, the trap that we can all fall into. I know you just alluded to it before about a habit of having a shower. I know that some people still don't have a shower each day. It took you a few years to have a shower each day, but <laughs> but uh, but you know, I love my shower at around about seventy five degrees Celsius because I just love a hot shower. <laughs> but uh, you've um, you flipped that on the on the. Uh, on the edge, um, you flipped it on its head actually, and um, and you're having cold showers. Tell us about that, Brad. What are you doing? What? Are, why are you doing this? Well, 
Well, that's a very good question, Damo. I ask myself that at about the 30-second mark each morning. <laughs> and um, But, you know, I just what I just kept hearing from people around me. You know, this whole sort of cold thermogenesis idea has probably been around for – well, it's been around for a long time in, in some cultures and certainly in Europe and stuff like that. But kind of in the paleo world and in the health and wellness world, it's been around for, you know, maybe the last – uh, 10 years I've been hearing about it bits and pieces but in the last 12 months I've heard about it from heaps of people it just seems to keep coming up and so um, people kept telling me they were getting really good results and um, you know they, they kept telling me about this guy called Wim Hof who seemed like a bit of a fascinating dude and so one of my practice members came in a couple of weeks ago and he said that he was doing 10 minute ice baths four times a week. And I was like, far out, that's crazy. Like, what's, what's wrong with you, right? Oh, 10 and minutes. And I was like, and oh I'm God. just curious. Like, I'm just fascinated. When someone tells me something like that, I'm just fascinated. So I was like, all right, I need to, it's time I learned more about this because I've been hearing about it bits and pieces. And my other friend, you know, Steve, who, I, who was with me on that paleo show uh, previously, he did it as well. Yeah. He did a trial of it. So he jumped in the ice at two to three degrees Celsius for four minutes on his first go, which apparently is a really long time for your first go. Oh, yeah. And um, and so he did it and raved about it, said it was fantastic. I was like, all right, I've got to find out about this. So this practice member of mine lent me this book by Wim Hof and uh, and one of his followers who'd written this book called Becoming the Iceman, which is which is Wim Hof's nickname is the Iceman. Mm-hmm. And so I read this book all about Wim Hof and he's a bit of an interesting character. He's a bit of a tripper. and he, <laughs> But he holds about 20 world records. Yeah, so he he's, like climb Mount Everest in shorts yeah. or something? He climbed Mount Everest in shorts and no shoes. He ran a marathon. Was summiting Mount Everest? Did he summit it, or did he get the? I think I I think he got to. I think they said, is it 24,000 feet? I think they said, which I don't know how. I think that's a long way up. I'm not sure if it's all the way up. It's a lot of feet. It's a long way up. It's, It's it's like other people do it with ice. Uh, with the oxygen tanks up to that height. He had no oxygen and no clothes. So. He ran a marathon above the Arctic Circle in um, on the on the snow with shorts and no shoes. He swam 50 meters under a meter of ice from like one little pothole to the next one, and uh, and didn't realise that his pupils were going to constrict. Uh, or his, his eyes were going to constrict at that uh, temperature and that he might lose his sight. And so he missed the hole the first attempt, had to get someone to help him find it. Whoa. So he ended up standing about 80 metres. Wow. And, um, and then on TV, he, he got encased in a Perspex box that was then filled with ice up until his neck. Um, and he stayed in that for, I think, almost two hours um, whilst they measured his core body temperature. And he actually managed to make his core body temperature go up. Wow, so really, he, yeah, it's it's incredible. He's an interesting guy, and he has all sorts of theories about how what he does works. And I, honestly, his theories didn't really resonate with me. He's he's a bit of a tripper, and <laughs> but and so I, I end up got to the end of his book. I was like, this is interesting, but I need to know more about this because the physiological basis of how this works doesn't really make sense to me. Because people are claiming things like <clears throat> improved immune function, uh, improved circulation. Um, decreased stress, uh, decreased depression, um, increased, uh, you know, just, uh, decreased inflammation, obviously, which was a pretty straightforward one, uh, sleeping better. There was just this laundry list of things that people were saying and attributing to these cold uh, ice baths or even the cold showers. So, well, anyway. You know, it's interesting. Um, there was a study done recently. Oh, I don't know how actually how recently it was, but um, you know how a lot of people have always said if you sprain your ankle or you get an injury, you whack ice on it? Um, and then some people said, oh, if you yeah, get, yeah. get an injury, you know, tear a muscle or whatever, just put heat on it. Yeah. There was a bit of, um, 
you know, bit of conversation around which one would be best. And I remember Philip Eberl from RMIT in the chiropractic department there did a study on, I think he did it on about 30, 30 boys, and his study essentially showed that people responded better to ice um, in terms of the injuries. And he gave a, mm. I think it was a 10-minute on, 10-minute off, rather than 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. I can't remember what it was. But after that study, another study came out and said, well, regardless of whether or not you put ice on it or heat on it, the actual temperature at the start of, side of injury doesn't actually change. Like the temperature stays exactly <laughs> the same. So you can use heat or ice. The body's ability to regulate temperature is unbelievable. So it yeah. does it either through constriction or dilation of the blood vessels and it gets everything right. So it is really interesting because, you know, you talk about inflammation, you talk about stress, you talk about depression, you talk about all those sorts of things. And you kind of go, well, you know, I ask the question, how does it work? Is it yes, a mindset? Me too. Could this actually be extremes of heat? It could do the same thing, um, or is it just extremes of cold that does oh. this? Well, it's interesting question. So, because Wim Hof's take on why he thinks this is so good is because he thinks that it switches on the stress response and releases cortisol, sure. which then switches off the immune system, which he says is helpful for people with um, auto-inflammatory disorders. Which, yeah, yeah. I guess kind of makes sense. But yeah. for your average person, I thought sort of thought about it and thought, well, I don't think for your average person, switching on the stress response is a particularly good idea. You know, putting you into <laughs> fight or flight. Most people are stuck there already. Yeah, that's so that it. doesn't really make a lot of sense to me that that's going to help. You your average person. Anyway, so I started going around and doing some research. Actually, the other thing that, that uh, they do talk about is also weight loss is one of the benefits of having cold showers. So I'll talk about that in a sec too. But uh, I started having a look through the net at all the different research that was out there. I read lots of different blogs from people I respect and trust who are talking about it. And my final conclusion was there is some research to suggest that there are benefits to cold showers. Weight loss was actually one of the ones that seemed to have the strongest evidence that actually having a cold shower causes your body to produce more brown fat um, and you tend to which is obviously um, more readily burnt in order to warm your body up um, and so you end up with less white fat more brown fat in your body um, which actually does contribute to helping people burn more fat throughout the day and lose weight and so um, that was one of the things that seemed to be supported with the research um, there seems to be some evidence of improved immune function with the research which was interesting but a, a lot of the other claims there really wasn't any good evidence to back up the claims no so substance you reckon no, there, there really wasn't, which was interesting. But what there was was a lot of very, very, very positive anecdotal evidence. So everyone I could find who was doing it was just loving it and raving about it. In fact, I found it hard to find someone who'd done it for 30 days who hadn't actually kept doing it, um, which amazed me because, you know, I do like the warm, a bit like you, Damo. So the concept of taking a cold shower um, wasn't something that particularly appealed to me, but but my curiosity got the better of me and I decided I might give it a go. But what I had to do I, for my own sort of peace of mind and to be able to get through these 30 days was I had to sort of come up with some sort of physiological basis of how I thought it might actually be working, like at least some sort of working hypothesis that maybe some later on someone can test out, but at least I had to have a rational explanation for my, in my own mind for why I was doing it. So, where did you get to? So, what, what, do you, what is it? Well, I came up with three possible explanations. I've actually written a blog about this for my website, Damo, Ooh. and I'm blogging about each, is it each day. Is it up every, there? It's up there. Go yeah. see it, everybody. Yeah. Go to drbrenthill.com.au yes. forward slash 
d-cold-shower-challenge, but just go to my website and you'll find it. <laughs> just, just go Why to don't you make page. it longer than that? <laughs> I know, right? And so um, anyway, but what I'm going to do is I'm actually updating the blog every couple of days with just like how, how I'm going. And so I'm talking about my experiences in the shower, not those experiences, Damo, but just my experiences of the cold shower. And um, so <laughs> I hadn't, anyway. I hadn't thought of anything else. But can, <laughs> can I just ask a question? Now, I know I've go. got your website wrong in the past, but it's drbretthill.com. Com. No, are you? Just no, are you? Okay, there you go. I think I, <laughs> I think I recall. I need to fix up something there. Yeah, I don't think it says it wrong at the end of the episode, but it's all right. Does it really? Oh, dear. <laughs> I think so. You might have changed it by now. I can't remember. I've checked. <laughs> you did say I but... had to fix up something. I better fix it up. <laughs> <laughs> DrBrentHill.com. We're so big on self-promotion. We don't even bother getting our websites right. I oh, know, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to our detriment too, by the way. Anyway, so I um so I came up with three possible hypotheses for how I reckon it might work. All right. So number one was that I figured that it's possible that we're just so stuck in our fight or flight response because we have such chronic stresses that maybe if we switch that up a bit and had a really acute stressor, something that just really shocked us, but then switched off again fairly soon after, that might cause our body to stimulate its natural response to those stresses and actually switch off the stress response in our body. So take us back out of that fight or flight response. Defib. Yeah. So I thought that could be what's going on. That's possible. So the second thing I thought could be going on is that because of the cold, because all of your blood gets shunted back more towards your core organs um, and your, you know, your gut growth and healing sort of organs, that maybe it's actually forcing you into more of a parasympathetic response, forcing all of your focus and energy towards that gut and growth at the expense of your periphery, at the expense of your more sympathetic responses in your periphery. So I thought maybe it's it's forcing you into that parasympathetic response and, and in that way helping to switch off the stress response in your body. Like it. And then the third thing I thought could be happening is I thought it could be that it's actually elevating your cortisol levels but at the right time of day. So, mm. you know, you've got your 24-hour cycle of your cortisol. It's supposed to be a little bit more elevated in the morning mm-hmm. and then decrease as the day goes on so that you can switch off and sleep well at night. And, um, and it seems that sleeping well at night is a benefit that a lot of people talk about as well. So I thought, well, maybe it's just resetting your cortisol clock and helping to stimulate that cortisol in the morning so that you can get that cycle, that 24-hour cycle happening better so those were kind of my three theories demo and i was i was wondering and i was hoping you, you would be able to give me some of your feedback on what you think about those do they sound plausible am i off the track here in any way well you know they actually sound very plausible Bredo. and um and i really i love the idea of switching things on at appropriate times and it you know if, for want of a better word it does sound like you're hacking um the body back into where it should be placed and positioned and behaving you know quite often i suppose the the reverse hack has been that we've tried to stay warm perpetually and continuously um Mm. the reverse hack is that we've got warm water all the time so we don't have cold showers you know we used to jump into a stream and wash ourselves um the reverse hack is i suppose that um we we wake up slower in the morning and we don't have that immediate uh, cortisol rush in the morning and so um you know the we've got into a a state where we generally are tired when we wake up in the morning because we don't wake up with that big fight or flight Mm. um, rush that we're supposed to. 
Um, and then we rely on um, drugs or chemicals to kick that off. You know, we're looking mm. at lots of sugar for breakfast or we're looking at caffeine um, to wake us up. So uh, those things, you know, they're the reverse hack. And so the positive hack, I suppose, and, you know, I don't like the idea of hacking. Um, don't but it's, me either, Damo. No, I don't. It's, it's just one of those things, mate. Like it, it just – but potentially this is more of a primal – um, trigger um, to get the body um, behaving more appropriately. Maybe this yeah. is working in the midbrain. And that's that's what I thought as well, Damo, yeah. you know, because I'm a bit like you with hacking. I'm not big on hacking. But my thing was, I think, yeah, when, when Wim Hof, the, the only thing I really got out of Wim Hof's book, to be honest, aside from a great read, it's a really good story. Yeah. Um, I read it in like a day and a half because it's just fascinating. But also just when he just said that, yeah, we're so conditioned to being in air-conditioned environments that it's really just getting back to our natural state. And that always makes sense to me of getting back to just that natural stimulus for our body. And so I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, there, there maybe there is something to it. So I've been giving it a crack, Damo. I started up in Brisbane when we're up there for the Wellness Base Camp, which of Ooh. course has come to Adelaide in just a couple of weeks' time. And Damien Christoph is going to be there. Be there. Use the code I love Damo to get two for one tickets. And <laughs> <laughs> I started when I was up in Brisbane, and that was good, right? Because it's warm up there. So I did my 30 second cold shower just to sort of get into it. And I thought, this is all right. This is pretty easy. And then I was back in Adelaide for day two. I did a 60 second cold shower. And that was cold. Like, like it was That's just cool. it's colder back in Adelaide. We've got our, uh, you know, all, we were all on rainwater. So our water sits in this concrete tank, getting staying very, very cold. And uh, so that was pretty chilly. I haven't actually measured the temperature yet, but that's going to be on my, uh, you know, I'm running a few experiments over the next couple of weeks. And one of those will be to measure the temperature. Wow. Um, and then, but then day two, I did it for 90 seconds. And I thought, you know what? This is actually not so bad. Um, it, it actually felt easier already. Um, the weird thing was day two, I got a massive headache during the day. Um, so I had this kind of, I don't know if it was almost a sinusy or a suboccipital headache. There was an absolute cracker and I never get headaches like that. So I'm assuming it was somehow related. I don't know how, um, but it was an absolute perler. Um, so that was interesting. Mm, mm. Um, and then, but then from then on, really, it's just kind of gotten easier and easier. Like to the point where day four, I stood under the shower. I got to about the one minute mark and I thought, Do you know what? This actually feels normal. Like it actually, it didn't feel cold um, until I moved and I, I turned around and then got it on my front and then it felt cold again. But um, <laughs> It's because you've got all that really back hair that keeps you warm. That's yeah, yeah. Thing, right? It's really interesting. <laughs> so it's, um, I'm definitely uh, conditioning to it. I'm doing three minutes a day. I'm now up to day four today. Just had my cold shower just before this call. And um, it's a really weird thing. Like you kind of, you feel it. Like you feel... I feel like for an hour or two afterwards, my skin feels a little bit cold, mm-hmm. and um, but it, and my my tummy like grumbles like crazy. It definitely feels like it in, increases my metabolism, um, but then after that period, then I get warm and then I get really warm, which is really odd as well. So, um, well, not really. Let's think it, about that. Let's think about that. So, going to fight or flight, you don't need digestion. You're yeah. not digesting because you're in a sympathetic flight, so you're not actually worried about parasympathetic, you know, re, you know, repair, rest, repair, digest. You're not doing that. That's um, no. that's out. So your tummy will rumble because you probably need to move your bowels or um, let things out, or it's just decided. Well, hang on a second. There's a bit of extra weight in here that we don't need right now because we have to go for a bit of a jog. So there's that. Then if you go into fight or flight, you do get hot with fight or flight. That's why people break into a sweat with the sympathetic response. So those things do occur. That's that's meant to actually happen. So um, that all makes sense. So it might be you know how you, you talked about switching your body into parasympathetic, you know, digestion yeah. and all that sort of thing. Maybe that's reserved for a little bit later on. So you wake up. Um, you get 
life going um, and then you switch into parasympathetics later. I wonder whether or not you get fatigued after eating food now because that would be a normal physiological nervous system response. So if you think about Mm. uh, the cultures that uh, have taken siestas in the afternoon after they've had lunch, generally they have a little breakfast, they go and have a lunch, they have a little lie down and get prepared for the evening party uh, fiesta time. Uh, they had their mm. siesta, then they go to their fiesta. Maybe that's what you're setting up in your body. Well, it, it, I haven't felt that. Like I felt during the day, I felt very alert, very alive, mm-hmm. uh, very productive, Even um, after which food. has been great. Even after food? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. Well, this is so, just um, more questions. Good, yeah. <clears throat> but what I have noticed is in the evenings, um, so you know, I've always been a bit of a night owl, and I feel like that's changing. Like In the evenings, I am winding down a lot more, um, and I feel like I'm sleeping better as well. So... That's interesting as well. You know, who'd be a good person to ask about this would be um, SD Protocol. Yes. Wayne Todd. Wayne I, Todd. I just sent him a message yeah. on Facebook just uh, yesterday. I haven't got a reply yet, but I have uh, sent him a message to ask him a couple of questions. So if you're listening, Wayne, can you just reply? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not listening, Wayne, can you start? Um, yeah. So and, and share it. Let everybody know. Hey, so that, that, uh, yeah, we might have to get him on and ask him about it sometime. Yeah. Let's. We'll do, did we? I think we did speak about the SD protocol at some point. Yeah, we did. Wayne. Yeah, so we did. Be quite good to just elaborate and see where that's come because I'm sure over the last couple of years he's. Um, He's had some more discoveries. Now, there's something else that you're doing too. Um, yes. And you're uh, in competition mode. So being on a flight is actually quite a good thing for you because performance is a good thing. So yeah, tell yeah. us what else are you doing, Brado? So at the moment, Dave, I'm doing the CrossFit Games, uh, which well, is uh, – so th- th- for those who don't know, I do CrossFit. CrossFit is kind of this, uh, you know, high-intensity exercise, a combination of some, uh, you know, weightlifting and also some more um, athletic gymnastic movements um, and also some body weight movements. And so once a year, they have this thing called the CrossFit Games where CrossFitters from all over the world um, go into this one competition. They all do the same workout um, and they rank you as to where you are in the world, which is always an interesting thing. Um, but it's fun. It's it's only it's cost like twenty dollars to go in, and you and you get to uh, do these workouts, and you get to chat to all your friends who are CrossFitters because you know CrossFitters love talking about CrossFit, and uh, you get to chat to all your friends. What does a, uh, a CrossFitting paleo doing? person talk about first? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> well, imagine a CrossFitting <laughs> vegan. Jeepers. Oh, mate. To, uh... Imagine a CrossFitting paleo person who takes cold showers. That'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I'm doing at the moment? You wouldn't wow. shut him up. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Anyway, so I, I just it's in, it's interesting. I, I find it fascinating doing the CrossFit Games because it just I don't know. There's something about it. There's this real competitive nature to it, and and you know it's so easy for it to lead to comparison, which we all know is not the best idea. And so you know I'm doing the CrossFit Games, and I did the first round, and and I, I'm. I'm pretty average. Like I sit about middle of the pack in terms of all the CrossFitters, um, and in terms of some. And then I've the other thing I did was I joined this group on on Facebook demo. So there's this group that are doing the the CrossFit Cairo Games. So there's about 40 chiropractors on there. Um, who are all doing the CrossFit Games and posting their scores on there as well. So then they're getting ranked as well. And I can tell you the CrossFit Cairo Games, there, there is about 40-odd Cairos there. I am stone cold last, Damo. I'm last on the list. No and, way. Yeah, yeah. Who they're beat up one? Like, are we talking Cairos in South Australia or Cairos in Australia? No, no, Cairos all over the world. All over the world. Over the world. Yeah, so yeah. Kate Stewart, where is she sitting? She's up there. She's up there. She's what a machine. And Kirby yep. Collins, Kirby? I I'm not sure I've seen Kirby on there this year. I remember seeing him last year. I'll have to. I can go check this. But but see, these guys—they're up there. Kirby's a girl. 
Oh, sorry. Keep it a girl. Well, I have seen the name on the list anyway. She's my cousin. So, he's your cousin. Yeah. No way. Yeah, well, it's a weird I remember, thing. I remember seeing her in the on the list last year and, and reading her performances. So I, the name is stuck in my head. But um, they, they're machines. Like, so I'm not quite sure whether it's either that Kairos are just incredibly good at CrossFit or whether it's only the incredibly good at CrossFit Kairos who've decided to join this little group because I know there's way more than 40 Kairos doing CrossFit. So. Um, well, I think it's a, it goes kind of with what we talk about, isn't it? It's a primal movement, staying strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, all those sorts of things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It fits right in. So so it's been an interesting thing for me. Like I do, I look at the scoreboard, I see myself stone cold last, and your natural thing is just to like, oh, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing wrong? I've really got to lift my game here. That's not good. I'm last, you know? And <laughs> – uh, and, you know, fortunately, that didn't last very long. You know, you, yeah. you do have to, you do have to, you know, add a bit of perspective to it. But one of the good things about the CrossFit Games as well is that you can compare, you can compare year on year. So you can sort of see, um, you know, you see improvement. That's one of the things I like about CrossFit is you, you, there's like, when I do my workouts, it all gets logged into a little computer. And so anytime you are improving, you get this little gold star that comes up on the screen. So you're, you're always sort of competing against yourself, um, which I really like about it. So I like that aspect of it. So yeah, but it's, inter- it's an interesting mental exercise to, you know, to go through the process of, you know, seeing your rank and your score and then going through to remind yourself to only compete against yourself and not to, you know, compare yourself to the, um, you know, I'm trying to think what the names are of the big CrossFitters, but you know the the amazing, amazing elite world level athletes that some of these CrossFitters are. I mean, they just you know they triple my scores. They're just freaks. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, look. Obviously, you dedicate your life to lots of other different things too. Like these guys who are doing unbelievable things are training two or three times a day. They're not just oh, doing you know a couple of times a week like you have been. So yeah, yeah. It's um it's totally different. And, and this is a really important thing I think for people to just consider that you can compete and still do it for yourself rather than have to compete yes. to win the whole games. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and set your expectations appropriately. Kind of go well. You know, if I'm training two or three times a week and I'm coming stone cold last, yeah. that's okay as long as you're probably doing better than what you did last year. But if you think about those people. People that are, you know, the top of the leaderboard, they're not training two or three times a week. It's like Ben no. Greenfield. He was doing, what, 30 minutes of high-intensity exercise. At, at, was it 30 or three minutes, I think, Ben Greenfield was doing, wasn't it? It was like some kind of really that. small amount to get yeah. an incredible amount of um, of shift and change with his Ironman triathletes. But, yeah, yeah. you know, they were doing it with um, intensity and purpose and uh, mm. I'm, I'm looking for like a – a well, word that, that describes like um, dedication. Like they just, yeah. They just didn't shift from it, you know. It was no, they're like, amazing. They're yeah. amazing. We've got this guy who's it's joined our CrossFit box who is a former uh, triathlete right. and, and a competitive triathlete. And watching him work out is phenomenal. Like his ability to just work through pain and just to keep working till the end of the workout is just phenomenal like his work rate is just just blows me away like I love watching him work out because you sort of go that's incredible like I I don't have that I don't know I don't, I don't think I'm willing I'm not that willing to put myself that in that much pain and be that out of breath and to be that I don't know. It's just like, like I work hard. I, I feel like I work quite hard. And then I look across at him and think, wow, he's just on another level. Like those elite athletes just have a different switch in their brain, don't they? Yeah, they really do. They really do. There's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite, I've, I've never really been in the, oh, maybe I was when I was a swimmer, but uh, apart from that, I was never really that intense. 
It's quite yeah. incredible. Uh, I was actually talking to a dad the other day. At, uh, we had a, a year 12 cocktail party for Jackson's school, and uh, <laughs> the kids weren't invited. It was just the parents. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were rocked up, and I was talking to some people. You know, in Jack's school, there's a one of the boys um, – He's he's a he represents he's just outside of of Nick Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic and he's just about yeah. to turn seventeen, right? And so they're just waiting. Well, he's just about to turn eighteen, so just waiting for him to finish year twelve, and then he's going to go mental on the world circuit. So that's tennis, and he trains and plays, and you know probably misses most of the year of school, but he does all this distance education to keep his his you know mm. his performance up. And then I was talking to another dad whose son um, qualified for the Commonwealth Games. And he's 17, about to turn 18, and he's trained every morning since I've ever known him. So from year seven, I've known him. He's now year 12. He's trained every morning up at five o'clock and then every afternoon. And he's swimming, and he'd probably finish maybe sixth or seventh in the Commonwealth. And so Mm. their decision is to just, you know, hang on a second, just focus on year 12 for now. And then, you know, once you got through year 12, harness that, you know, inbuilt competitive nature that you've got because not every other kid in the school is representing australia or doing you know world times but these couple and there's others there's others that i haven't spoken about there's another kid who plays water polo who's got to go to the u.s to to play water polo because he's the top of the tree here in australia already and and you know he's only 17 so there's some kids that are doing some really great stuff they've got this competitive edge but not every kid's got it but some will go on to do business some will do banking some will run trucking companies some will do other stuff right Um, but if you've got the competitive edge it's good to harness it and, and run with it but if you haven't it's still good to be competitive. You just don't have to be the top of the tree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I love that. Like I do. I, I love the competitive nature of CrossFit. Like I love the – and like I said, I, I love the fact you compete against yourself. Like I live for those little gold stars that come up on the screen. I love them. And so I do everything I can to keep improving and to keep getting those little gold stars and to keep getting better at the movements. And, and I just love that aspect of it, that it just – you know, there's constantly a challenge. There's always something new to learn. There's always something you can get better at. And, and I love that aspect of it. And so – but that can be, like you said, that can be in any aspect of your life. That doesn't have to be an exercise. That can be in your relationships. That can be in your work. That can be in, you know, all different aspects. And, and people do have very different personalities. So, you know, some people are very good at, you know, compartmentalizing their life and focusing on, you know, getting up at 5 a.m. every morning and doing that swim and doing that swim again in the afternoon at the expense of, you know, perhaps other aspects of their life, maybe their social life, maybe their relationships, maybe, you know, whatever other aspects of their life have to take you know, make way for that amount of time they're spending in the pool. Um, and other people are just great at, you know, building relationships. You know, they're great at, at other aspects of what makes a great life. And that's okay. You know, we're all different and that's totally okay. Oh, it's great, mate. It's great. Hey, great chat today. Really Loved enjoyed it. that. Love listening to your cold shower chat and your crossfit chat it's uh it's really good mate i I love that you experiment you've tried things out and you know back in six and a half years ago when we started the wellness guys um you know you were trying things out we're kind of going what are you going to do brett and you're going well i'm going to start barefoot running and then we're like okay cool so i might go and do a um an ultra marathon barefoot we're like what the so you go and do that and then you go paleo and so you started doing that so you're challenging status quo then for six and a half years you've been doing paleo and so we consider all these things that you've tried on and, uh, and many of the things that you've tried on have become, um, you know, very, very mainstream. So maybe you're the guy who sets the trend. Maybe you're the I, one. I like to think so, Damo. <laughs> you're doing great, bro. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.